2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: This is the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldspin swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billikens win. Billikens win. Now from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Joe Potts sitting in for
3: Tom Ackerman this week. Stiefel Sports Studio is Bush Stadium. As the Cardinals get set to face the Cincinnati Reds today, it's a one first pitch at uh, Bush Stadium here. We're praying that it stays dry and that that uh, schedule stays true. We'll find out more about that a little bit later on, probably. Right now, we'll switch gears here on sports on a Sunday morning, and I am uh, pleased to welcome here on this Sunday... Joaquin Buckley, and uh, he, tell me it's Joaquin Newmanza Buckley, is that correct?
4: Uh, Newmanza, yes, sir, yes, sir, yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) Welcome to the program, thanks for taking some time. I was saying uh, last hour that uh, obviously we always love to promote guys that come out of St. Louis, no matter what their sport is, you are having such success in your sport, uh, where did you grow up? Where did you get started? You're an MMA fighter. where did you get started? Was that here in St. Louis too?
4: Yes, sir. So I grew up in St. Louis. I was born and raised here, uh, from a single mother, you know? And, uh, so, you know, with that being said, you know, my, my, my mother had to keep me straight and narrow all the time, man. So she, she helped train me along the way when I was a little kid, cause I was a little knucklehead for sure. You know, so she, she put me in position, whatever, to be a fighter <laughs> for sure. So, uh, you know, I started my MMA career with uh, Finney's MMA, uh, which is still on Watson Road, you know, to this day. Um, You know, a lot of young fighters come out of Finney's MMA, and, uh, you know, that's where I got my start at. Yes, sir.
3: I have seen some of the viral knockout videos. They are unbelievable to me. I can't even fathom. First, I can't fathom how some of you guys, how you take the punches and you take the hits that you do. Uh, the particular knockout that I think a lot of people have probably seen is the uh, I don't even know what the move is called that the kick that you use <laughs> to knock out your opponent. That's unbelievable. I guess
4: I guess you I, I guess you can call it the butt kick because uh, it has never been performed before. So, you know, there's no name for it. To be honest. I like it's, it. Yeah, it's the first of its kind. Yeah. So if people don't know what we're talking about, you can definitely just check out my name on YouTube, and it be the first thing to pop
3: up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and I would I would tell all of our listeners to go find that video because it is just absolutely unbelievable. How does that come up in the course of a fight? How does that come into your mind that I, I might be able to make this move and make this kick where, you know, essentially you jumped off of one foot, you, he had caught yeah. your one foot, and you hit him oh, with the yeah. other?
4: Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> so, you know, the the way that happened and the way that even transpired – Uh, All from creativity, you know, so, you know, me uh, being an only child, me being raised by my mother, I used to, you know, watch TV a lot. So what got me into mixed martial arts was, you know, movies, man. So, you know, our John claude Van Damme, Jackie Chan's, you know, the Chuck Norris's, you know, uh, these people that I used to watch back uh, in the day uh, from these movies is what introduced me into martial arts in the first place. So all the creativity comes from, you know just the movies man so literally straight out of a movie man i put it put it out in reality you know so that's all that was
3: you're making the adjustment you're moving up from the welterweight division which is 170 pounds to the middleweight at 185 what does your training look like in order to make that kind of transition that kind of move
4: uh my training man my training is uh it's very tough you know uh we we train every single day you know um Everything that we do is all geared towards my conditioning. So I'm always working the heart. I'm always working my muscular vascular. So I'm always running heels, you know. Uh, wrestling is a, a big part of that as well because it's one of the hardest disciplines to work on only because um, it, it, it strains the muscles so much and it works the heart so much, you know. Two guys going back and forth, you know what I mean, trying to take each other down. And the first person to, you know, slow down is usually the first one to lose so you know uh these are the things that i do in order to get myself prepared for a fight you know i work high conditioning so you know i do a lot of things um that pretty much like i said man that you see in the movie that you wouldn't be believe that people are actually doing in real life hey man that's what i try to do man so i'm a, I'm a real life you know uh character when it comes to this uh comic book character when it comes to this yeah i said that
3: backwards i apologize you're going from the middleweight down to the welterweight division uh with your last win, you're moving up towards the top fifteen in the welterweight division as well.
4: Uh yeah, so we trying. So, you know, but first I gotta find a fight, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that unfortunately uh are not willing to take the fight, you know, so um even though I'm trying to work my way up, I'm not willing to uh I'm not saying not, not willing, but I'm willing to go down and, and see anybody else that is willing to go out there and fight. So I will I'm willing to fight down. So, you know, anybody that's willing to get in the cage with me. You know that 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 helps me out because at the end of the day, without them, I'm not able to do what I I can do. So I can't wait on the guys in the top 15. If they not willing to fight, that's all good. We'll find somebody else. You know, but we're working to become a world champion one day, so I can put on for St. Louis and I can bring a UFC event back to you know back here. You know, it's gonna bring a lot of eyes and bring a lot of promotion here to St. Louis that I feel like that we need.
3: Joaquin Buckley is with us here on Sports on a Sunday morning. You have fought around the world, many different venues. Yeah, what's your dream yeah. venue? Like where, where, where in your mind, where do you want to have that big fight?
4: Uh, I would love to have that big fight right here in St. Louis at the MLS uh, arena that we have, you know, at the city park. So that'd be so dope, you know, to, to bring the USC back and uh, hold it at the city park arena. I think that'd be my dream place to have it right here in St. That Louis. Would,
3: that would be amazing. I mean, that would be, you're talking about right in downtown in a beautiful new facility Outside in the elements, I think that has the uh that that would be really cool uh to get that going and get that talk going well, Joaquin, I appreciate some time this morning. I am gonna continue to uh let drew educate me on your sport <laughs> and how you're doing. Thank I'm gonna you, follow along you. and we're gonna keep appreciate tabs on you, and we're gonna do this again as we go down the road as well
4: yes sir yes sir man we we got a lot coming forward, and uh I just can't wait you know to see what the future brings, you know especially for uh, St. Louis and uh, the City Park Arena that I'm talking about. So I believe that we can bring the UFC back to St. Louis, you know, but it takes a whole team and a community to do that, you know. So well, thank you for being part of that team.
3: Absolutely. I wish you the best of luck, and like I said, I'm going to continue to follow along, and if folks don't know, they need to look up Joaquin Buckley and check out that buck kick because, uh, and, and some <laughs> of the knockouts, I mean, it it is unbelievable. So I wish you the best of luck, and I appreciate you taking some time this morning.
4: All right, appreciate
3: you. Thanks for having. Me. There you go. There is Joaquin "New Manza" Buckley. He is an up-and-comer from St. Louis making his way through MMA and someday uh, perhaps we will see him in City Park there and having a fight right there, that would, be, that would actually be really, really cool. That would be a heck of a venue to do that in. Appreciate him taking some time. We have more to do here on Sports on a Sunday morning as we continue from our Stiefel Sports Studio here at Busch Stadium. I'm Joe Pott, in for Tom Ackerman. More to come here on X.
0: Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Bullspin swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Millikens wins! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman.
3: Joe Potty in for Tom Ackerman here on this Sunday morning. It's sports on a Sunday morning here from Bush Stadium. Cardinals and Reds getting ready for the final game of their three-game series. That first pitch is set for 115 here at Bush Stadium. I am underneath. I cannot see out on the field. I assume the tarp is on the field. I know we've had some rain in the area. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is doing right this very minute. So we'll see about that. We will visit with the Cardinals, president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak. That comes up in our next segment at about 1130. Want to talk a little Adam Wainwright right now because he'll make the start this afternoon uh, up against the Reds who, believe it or not, have not been a good opponent for Adam Wainwright. It seems sort of odd because in a lot of the years that Adam Wainwright has been playing Obviously, in the major leagues, the Reds have not been great, but he has not been great against the Cincinnati Reds. It's one of those sort of interesting things, right? Sometimes those teams just kind of have your numbers. He's made 35 career starts against the Reds. He's made 40 appearances against the Reds, and he is just 11 and 17 with a 553 earned run average against the Cincinnati Reds. And he makes uh, he jokes all the time about how he does not appreciate or enjoy pitching at the Great American Ballpark because that has been even worse to him when he's pitching on the road in Cincinnati. He's already pitched there once this year, gave up five earned runs and five and two-thirds innings uh, in a game earlier this season there, but got the win. So it wasn't the worst of things. He did get a win. The Cardinals got a win that night back on May 23rd. Adam Wainwright, when you look at some of the milestones that he is approaching, he's three wins away from 200 for his career. So that is certainly within reach. He's only made six starts this year, of course, got off to the slow start after injuring himself during training during the World Baseball Classic. So he had a very late start to his season and has come back and made six starts. He's 2-1 and right now with an ERA approaching sixth, uh, six rather. And just looking at some of the categories that he appears in all time in major league baseball, his 197 wins is fifth. It is second uh, to, or it's it's behind a couple of guys currently pitching Clayton Kershaw is a couple of wins in front of him. Max Scherzer is a couple of wins in front of him. Kershaw is 205 Scherzer has 206 Justin Verlander at the top of that list among active players at 246 wins And Zach Greinke on there as well, 224 wins. So you have some guys that have been around for a long time. And again, that's your top five in active major league wins. Now, as far as Cardinals all-time wins, his 197 wins is third. Behind Bob Gibson, who has 251. Jesse Haynes has 210. He's second in strikeouts all-time. He is fourth in games, and he will be third in games by the time the season finishes. He probably, I don't think he'll get to, I know he won't get to number two. He'll get to number three because he's just two back of Bill Shirtle for number three all-time in games pitched as a St. Louis Cardinal. I mean, that's legitimate. That's a huge deal for a franchise like the Cardinals. He's also third in games started on the mound. He's got 396 starts. He will maybe surpass bob force for the number 2 spot it's likely let's put it this way if he stays healthy he will he is 6 behind bob force right now as far as passing him for number 2 on that spot on that list rather so he's climbing all of these important categories we know last year he joined yadier molina they made they ended up making for their career 328 career starts together their 325th made them the all-time leader among a batter catcher or a pitcher catcher battery i should say and i, I can't imagine anybody from this point forward breaking that record mickey lolich and bill Freehan had that record for the detroit tigers and number three on that list was warren Spahn and Dell crandall you're talking about guys that pitched 40 50 years ago I'm not sure that a pitcher and a catcher will last as long in one team. One player lasting as long as either an Adam Wainwright or a Yadier Molina lasted with one franchise is one thing. That's already a lost art. That is not happening anywhere. But to have two players and to have their careers be essentially parallel as Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright were, I just don't think you're going to see it again. I cannot imagine that you're going to see that again, at least not for a long time until things, maybe until there's some sort of radical change to the free agent rules or to the the way baseball is done. It's just not going to happen. And it was lucky that it happened in St. Louis, lucky for Cardinals fans that it happened in St. Louis that these two guys that at least one of them probably in Yadier Molina will be a National Baseball Hall of Famer. You know they're both going to be wearing red jackets as Cardinals Hall of Famers. But to have that long of a career and to have those two careers almost mirror one another, Yadier Molina, I believe, made his debut in 03, certainly was there in 04 as the full-time catcher. Adam Wainwright made his debut in 2005, and of course 2006 was when he really came on the stage taking over for Jason Isringhausen as, the, Isringhausen as the closer and being the important piece to the World Series win in 2006, closing out the postseason series that he did, including the National League Championship Series in New York and the World Series here at home against Detroit. But those guys, other than that, basically were one and the same as far as their career Molina obviously hung it up after last year, Adam Wainwright has said, this will be his last year. So their careers were so closely matched in as far as years go that that really set up for sort of the ideal situation to break a record like that. And it was cool to see that last year for Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. So Wainwright goes today. Also a really cool bobblehead. If you're coming out to the ballpark, they're giving away a bobblehead, that is a Wayno bobblehead, but it is also commemorating the London series, which is to come here later in the month. So it is Adam Wainwright in the full London guard uniform. So that's going to be kind of a cool bobblehead to see as well. In fact, I literally just got a text from somebody, as I was saying that, that has that is in the park, that has picked up uh, his bobblehead, and it is very cool. It is even in a very cool uh, giveaway box, so it has the. It looks like the London phone booths on the outside of the giveaway box. So a very cool giveaway today, commemorating Adam Wainwright, recognizing the London series, and that's very very cool. So Adam Wainwright on the mound today against the Reds. he will go up against the youngster Hunter Green for the Cincinnati Reds. All of that, more of that to come when we get into our pregame show. That happens next hour. We'll get started about twelve twenty. And we'll get you all set up for the final game of this three-game series. We already passed along the lineup when Oliver Marmol was here, but I'll tell you again, it is Donovan at first base today. Goldschmidt is the DH, and it's Nolan Gorman, Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, Dylan Carlson and right, Walker in left, Young and Edmund back in center field for the Redbirds today. Boy, did he play a good center field yesterday. He made just some fantastic plays in center field, and as the Cardinals manager told us, he is someone who works so hard, no matter where he's at on the field, but man, he looked like a tried-and-true veteran center fielder yesterday, for sure. We'll take a break here. We'll continue the baseball talk when we come back. The Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselak, joins us next. It's Sports on a Sunday morning from Busch Stadium. I'm Joe Pott. This is Camo KMOX <laughs>
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend
0: today. To the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldspin swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Millikens win! Millikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman.
3: Well, it's Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman here on Sports on a Sunday morning. The Stiefel Sports Studio is Bush Stadium this morning. As we get ready for the Reds and the Cardinals, they'll finish up this three-game series here at Bush Stadium today. First pitch is at 1.15. As we continue the baseball talk, we welcome in the Cardinals president of baseball operations. He is John Mosalak. And as always, Mo, thanks for some time here on this Sunday morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I am well. I would be more well or better, I should say, if the uh, if I knew that tarp was coming off the field today.
1: Yeah, quick update on that. I Our, our fingers are crossed that we're going to be able to go on time. Um, obviously, we're going to just sort of wait and see how the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour unfolds. But uh, we definitely think we're going to uh, ha- have an opportunity to play, and, and hopefully we're on time. So fingers crossed.
3: Well, that is uh, certainly good news. So... Uh, had a chance to to visit with Oliver Marmol today, and I was talking about uh, I kind of flashed back to a couple of weeks back. It was a Sunday uh, Detroit was in town, and it was you know Detroit had a huge inning, and the cardinals answer back they have a big inning they come away with that win, and that sort of propels this team into that stretch where they won I think it was fifteen of nineteen games today certainly could be that. You have a Sunday in front of you where you have a series win in front of you, and this could be another jumping-off point. To Oliver Marmel's credit, he said, you know, we're still in it. The division's not very good, but it's time that we start putting up some results. I imagine that's the way you feel as well.
1: Well, yeah. I I, I mean, obviously, any time we answer for for the last, uh, you know, 10 weeks of this season, it's You know people are tired of hearing excuses or or reasons why I mean ultimately at this level in this business the report cards pretty simple you're either winning or you're losing and you know we just haven't found that right combination to to get it going consistently and you know like obviously I was really excited about um, Wednesday night's win I thought that could be a game that could could help spur some some future success you know, and then obviously winning on on Friday. And then, you know, yesterday again, a little disappointing. Um, fell behind early and and it just felt like that you know that hole was was so deep, it's going to be hard to to dig out of. And you know this this team does have talent, but people are tired of hearing about that. They want to see us start to win. And so finding that that, that consistency, um, on an everyday basis is what Ollie and his staff are, are, are working towards and are trying to find, as, as well as all of us in the front office. So, you know, hopefully today we can have a nice, nice game and, and use it as a as a building block moving forward.
3: Is is that the most frustrating part that it's um it's not maybe just one thing that's kind of been bad that sometimes. It's starting pitching has a, a bad couple of games. Sometimes you're you're not getting the big hits. You're not driving in runners with scoring in scoring position. Is it the inconsistency that is is the most frustrating? For
1: sure. I mean like you you I think whenever you're you're experiencing a, a difficult stretch or, or a losing period—it tends to be that way. Um, very rarely is it just one thing, because if it is just one thing, you can you can almost surely address it to some level. Um, but when it's just multiple facets of, of how you're playing, um, that becomes really challenging. And I, and I think even from like the coaching standpoint, you know that's where they're kind of uh, butting their heads up against the wall because of of that frustration and. You know, it's one of those reminders where, where when you're going through something like this, you ha- you have to remain optimistic, you have to remain positive, but you also have to be, you know, very intentional or, or, or very purposeful in how you go about your day. And when things aren't going right, it's 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 harder to, to do all of that. But you know, that is the current demand on our coaches to to try to maintain that 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 purpose each day on what to do, what individuals need to do, and collectively, you hope it all comes together.
3: That is the whole, uh, sometimes the outcome doesn't define the the process, right? It's hard to trust the process when you're not seeing those results, but uh, I know that you and your staff and and Oliver and his staff do trust that process, and it's a matter of, as you said, kind of keeping in line and, and keeping things moving in that direction.
1: Well, that's what you hope for. And, you know, it's it's obviously easier said than done because you have a lot of, uh, of dynamics that might be pulling away from that. But that that's the task at hand, and, and that's really what we're going to try to do, and hopefully that we see positive results in the win-loss call.
3: Uh, speaking of positive results, at least uh, individually, you have Jordan Walker back up in the big leagues, and uh, someone else that I spoke with, Oliver, about that here is a – player that came up with much fanfare at the beginning of the year was sent back down and it you know I'm sure that it could have been taken in a in a poor direction you know in his mind but he went there worked on the things that you specifically asked him to work on while he was in Memphis he's come back up and he's having success here in this you know first week back in the big leagues
1: yeah it's sort of interesting right because like you look at yesterday's game and I you know it's going to show up that he hit a double but you know, he really hit four balls on the nose right. um, about as hard as, as humanly possible and, unfortunately, just at people. But, but he is a special player, meaning his, he's he's obviously got a very unique, elite-type skill set, but he's also like, like a good young man. And, you know, yes, yeah, so you know, no one likes to be told they're being optioned. Nobody likes to be told they have to go work on things. Um, but he, he went about it great. And, you know, I think maybe the biggest frustration for him was just lack of success at Memphis, really. And mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, part of that was just his name brand, meaning like, you know, when I was talking to the manager down there, Ben Johnson, he was just saying, look, he's getting pitched tough because of, of who he is. and And so trying to work on things, but also – have some game success can be a, uh, can be very challenging. And so I think he just decided to take a deep breath, relax at the plate, And I, I think, you know, all of us are now seeing the, the, the benefits of that because, you know, he is putting good swings on the ball. Um, he's definitely, you know, working on trying to elevate a little bit and, you know, all in all, I think you'd have to say he's been very impressive in his return.
3: Uh, without question. Um, <clears throat> sticking with that same Uh, subject matter. Can you tell me uh, uh, any other prospects that you're still, you know, that you're on, that you're watching, that are really improving? Has Mason Wynn been hitting the ball well? I know, obviously, Lucan Baker is up here with the big league team now. Tink Hentz continues to pitch well for you. Um, You know, what's who are you currently watching very closely?
1: Well, great question. And, um, you know, you mentioned a few that I think have become a little bit more household names in the sense of Mason Wynn and, and Tink Hentz. And, you know, both those guys are trending in, in nice directions. And what I mean really by that is, you know, Tink's got a pitch. And so now he's finally getting an opportunity to, to take the ball every fifth day. And he's, in the last two outings, he's gone five innings. So we're really excited about him being able to build up. You mentioned Mason Wynn, obviously a 21-year-old shortstop at Memphis. And, you know, I think the big thing to pay attention to him is just where is he uh, going offensively? Uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, he's he's athletic. He's a fast-twitch guy. So now it's just about, you know, getting reps and playing every day. And and so maybe to touch on a few names that aren't something that we always talk about, even though Ivan Herrera we have to say something about just because he's having just an outstanding season down at Memphis. And um, it's not just that he's putting up close to a 950 OPS, but he's also um, really improved his defense. So super excited at what we're seeing out of him. I think uh, McGreevy is throwing the ball really well for Memphis. And then you have you know, younger guys like Hanson and Mott who are throwing the ball really well from the left side at low A. And then uh, even like Victor Scott playing really well at Peoria and uh, really happy about that. And and Cho, who, you know, is a player we signed as an amateur out of uh, South Korea. He's swinging about really well at, uh, at our Palm beach club. So, you know, overall, I feel like a lot of the, the young players that are starting to emerge, if you will, and they're not just those household names um, is is something that's been really fun to watch. And, And so There's more I could have touched on, but uh, I don't want to bore you, but it's certainly uh, an exciting group coming.
3: Uh, Just to follow up on Tinkents, I was looking at it yesterday. I was talking about it on the pregame show, as a matter of fact, and the thing that surprised me is the numbers were so good, but he had not yet thrown a quality start, and I think that's what you touched on, just saying that he needs to build up and continue to pitch and be able to get you deeper in games, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I think like like yesterday – he could easily have, have, have done what you just said, gotten a quality start, meaning he went five innings, it was at sixty pitches. So mm-hmm. that's really efficient, right? I think mean, he's a total of fifty nine actually. My yeah. point there is is you know, we're just trying to walk that fine line of build up but grow, right? And not have him have a setback with something physical. So yesterday's line, even though it was only five innings, was still really impressive. And, you know, the guy the guy has just effortless velocity, meaning it 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 comes out easy. And now it's just about gaining experience and getting that buildup. And uh, right now, uh, we're very encouraged about where he's at.
3: Switching gears from the uh, young players to the grizzled vet of the group, and that is Adam Wainwright, who will pitch for you today. And I was talking in the last segment about all of the places that he ranks when it comes to active major league pitchers and certainly all the places he ranks in the top three four five and all of the cardinals all-time leaders but here's a guy that is finishing up his final season in a cardinals uniform that has spent his entire career in a cardinals uniform and i know that the success hasn't quite been there yet for him but i imagine that for you it's still enjoyable to watch number 50 take the mound and take the field for the cardinals
1: Absolutely. I, you know what I'd say, and, and I, and I hope like fans can resonate with this because I think like the the, the most fascinating thing to watch about Adam Wainwright is how he does have success with you know arguably marginal stuff. Um, you know, he's, his fastball is is well below ninety miles an hour. Um, he can still spin it, so we, you know we we need to give him credit for the curveball, but you think about like all the other guys that we roll out there that have like just unbelievable stuff, but yet they don't have the same type of success. And that's the part of, of, of having a pitcher with, with, you know, his grit, his guile, his, his ability to read swings and know what to do and, and how to pitch to hitters. And if I were a young pitcher, I would, I would watch and study and and, and really try to emulate some of the things he does because He's getting by with an 87, 88 mile an hour fastball and, 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 and he's making it work, whereas other people are, you know, pumping in mid to upper 90s and not finding it working for them. And so the ability to control the strike zone, manage the strike zone is, is one of his greatest strengths. And uh, I wish others would, would really follow that because <laughs> that allows you to be efficient and successful.
3: It is truly a masterclass in pitching and not just throwing, which is what we see so much of today. And it's a pitcher that, when you look back, even four or five years ago, that's really even kind of reinvented himself. I mean, he fully admitted that he thought that he was going to be finished with baseball, you know, a couple of years ago, and here he is cruising—not cruising, but gaining on two hundred wins almost.
1: Let's just say it this way: like, like, yeah, it's not cruising, but he's competing. And, yes. and the thing about that is is it's it's important to appreciate that because even though he's forty two, even though he's, you know, doing it maybe with smoke and mirrors relative to what you see in this league, but he's given our team a chance to win and I do appreciate that.
3: Well John, we appreciate you taking time on Sunday mornings as you do almost every week here, usually with Tom Ackerman, but oftentimes with myself as well, and we look forward to a mostly dry afternoon at the ballpark and a hopeful series win today against the Reds. That sounds great. Fingers crossed and uh, have a great weekend, Joe. I appreciate it. That is John Mozeliak, the Cardinals president of baseball operations here with us on Sports on a Sunday morning from Bush Stadium. We'll finish things up on this episode when we come back here to Bush after this on Camo X.
0: Welcome back to the Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Spence swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Millikens win! Millikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman.
3: It's Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman at the uh, Stiefel Sports Studio here at Bush Stadium today. Finishing things up on this sports on a Sunday morning. Glad you are with us. Glad uh, thanks to all of our guests here today. We kind of ran the gambit a little bit as far as sports goes And the folks we talked to, we had a chance to visit with the guys earlier in the show. Jake Koenig and Justin Graham of the Ball Watching Podcast talking a lot about St. Louis City. Of course, as always, we visited with the Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel. We just heard from the Cards president of baseball operation, John Mozalak. And we talked to Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Newmanza Buckley. He is an up-and-comer in the MMA world. He is from St. Louis. He's having some success. He's looking forward to more success, and all of that. You can hear all of those interviews on the website, camoex.com. It'll be under the Sports on a Sunday morning tab. It is also probably a lot of it going to be pushed out on social media here before you know it, so tune in, hear all that. We also talked to the former Cards catcher, Gary Bennett. I chatted with him yesterday at Cardinals Nation Restaurant before the Cards-Reds game yesterday. Speaking of yesterday, one of those games that really – uh, turned on a play, and Oliver Marmol mentioned it himself before I even brought it up. The play yesterday in the second inning, Stuart Fairchild hitting. He had a little hit out to third. Nolan Arenado took a half step back, fielded it, and then when he threw, it was late, and it became an infield base hit. It loaded the bases, and a double from Luke Malley cleared the bases, and that gave Cincinnati a three, nothing lead in the inning before the Cardinals had loaded the bases. They had two on with one out. They had the bases loaded with two outs. Paul DeYoung smoked a ball, hit it to the warning track and right, but it was an out and they left three on base. So as Oliver Marmol said in one inning and one half inning, the cards leave three on the next half inning Cincinnati scores all three. And that was the game. And that's certainly what changed the game. What was really good about yesterday's game was some of the plays we saw in center field from Tommy Edmonds. so I want to let you hear some of those. It started early in the first inning with Michaelis on the mound. One out, Matt McClain is at the plate to face Michaelis.
0: The pitch, a swing and a miss on three pitches. Cruz strikes out for the fourth time in this series. He's one for five.
3: So, and it didn't end there. He had a couple of really good plays yesterday. The next one comes up in the fifth. It is a 5-0 game at this point. This is the start of the fifth inning. Stuart Fairchild at the plate again. He leads off the fourth, uh, The fourth, I should say. He leads off the fourth inning.
4: Couldn't get Fairchild at first base. It would have been the third out of the inning. That ball's
0: hit sharply to left center field. Tommy Edmond on the move again. He reaches up and makes another play. And deep left center field. He has great closing speed, and he takes a double away from Fairchild. Maybe more than that. Two
3: balls there in the early part of the game in which he had to go back. He had to head for the warning track, so he went back, cutting off the gap. The ball that McLean hit in the first, the ball that Fairchild hit in the fourth. Then really showing off his range. This is the fifth inning. Two outs in the inning. There's a runner at third base. Will Benson is the hitter.
0: This is game number 22 with the Reds. One for two today, and there's a fly ball center field. Here comes Tommy Edman. A dive. He makes the catch. Edmond is putting on a show in center field today. Benson is out, leaving De La Cruz at third. Let's see if that gives the Cardinal offense a boost.
3: Seriously, he was absolutely putting on a show. They talked to Miles Michaelis. Somebody asked, if you heard Michaelis yesterday... On our post-game show, the Valley Sports Midwest uh, audio, he was asked a couple times about his pitching. He really did not have a ton to say about his pitching, only just to say that it wasn't a good day for him. He didn't have his normal stuff. It just just wasn't a good day. But they asked him about Tommy Edmond and playing defense, Edmond's defense behind him, and he went on to talk about it. He talked about it for most of his interview. We did not have a lot from him, and most of it was him talking about having Tommy Edmund behind him, uh, what it means to have a guy like that, who is not a natural center fielder, obviously he's more of a, an infielder and he looks like he's been playing the position for years. That's what he said. And he's talked about how hard he works each and every day. And that's something that Ali Marmel echoed as well this morning, just talking about the work ethic of Tommy Edman. And it's not an accident that he makes some of the plays that he does in center field. I, I marvel at it, and I think the diving play in the fifth inning was the best of the three in my opinion. it's one thing to track a ball back and a deep ball at that onto the warning track. It's another thing a ball dying off the bat as the one did that will Benson hit, and for him to be able to come in and just make an absolutely athletic play diving uh to make that catch in fact. If you ask Jordan Walker about how tough that play is, there was a play in the third inning that Matt McClain hit a ball out to left field. Jordan Walker made a play coming in, and he tried to make the sliding catch coming in. It got under him. It went to the wall for a triple, and that was another thing that came up after the game. Jordan Walker is still learning how to play the outfield. He is also an infielder, but understand that him trying to make a play on a ball coming in that he didn't make, it got under him. In the same game, Tommy Edmond makes a play on a ball, coming in, making a diving catch. And that's the difference between uh, the veteran and Tommy Edmond. And And I'm not saying he hasn't played outfield, because he has. And he's had to play outfield for this team in the past. But that just gives you an idea of, I think, what kind of difficulty it was making the play coming in. That's why I was as impressed or more impressed with Tommy Edmond coming in on that ball that was hit off the bat of Stuart Fairchild. Or I'm sorry, Will Benson in the fifth inning. Than even those ones going back, they were all great catches though. And he is just playing outstanding defensive baseball out there in left field. So we are a little bit away from Cardinals baseball here on a Sunday afternoon. If you heard John Mozelak, he said that they do believe this one is going to start on time. That's not to say that there won't be a delay of some sort. If there is some more rain, I'm looking now at some of the stuff going on at Bush stadium, looking at the monitors here that give us an idea of what's happening out in the stadium. It is dry. Folks are walking around and enjoying everything that is to enjoy here. Pregame at Bush stadium. And right now, like I said, there is no rain. So hopefully there is a big enough window that we'll get some baseball in for you today. It's a perfect day for the cards to get a series win and then perhaps get on a little bit of a roll because they certainly need to get on a little bit of a roll even Oliver Marmol said so today just said that it's time to you know is as, as not good as this division is it's time to start getting some results and i think that's the most frustrating part is that this team has not gotten the results that they expect them to have and uh John Mosalak was talking about that just it, it's not just there's not one thing that you can kind of go about fixing. It is several things that have gone wrong, or it's several things that go wrong on a game-by-game basis that lead to the downfall, and that's what's happened to this team here more often than not. If they pitch well, they're not hitting, they're not getting the clutch yet. When they score a lot of runs, they give up a lot of runs, and those are the things that have been hurting them so far this year. Amory Total Access comes up at 1220. We'll have a little bit more after the news, before the start of the pregame show to get you prepped for Cardinals baseball today. Cards and Reds coming up here from Busch Stadium. Thanks to my guests here all morning. Thanks so much to Drew Young doing a great job for us in studio and producing for us all week. I'm Joe Pott. It's been sports on a Sunday morning here on X.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai there's joy in every journey.